0: lines. James McCarthy here here with my co-host Tom. Tom how are we doing today? Pretty good. At least we got some draft stuff on the next couple days and last night so a lot a lot more going on than normal quarantine life. I know it's you know pretty interesting draft. Just I mean I've been this is the most
1: excited I've been for a draft probably I don't know ever since I've been following football just because I'm in Yes, because of the quarantine. Also, Brady, Gronk, departure a new era for the Patriots. So, I've been pretty excited for it. And to no one's
0: surprise, the Patriots trade out of the first round, which I don't know what you think about that. Um, I mean, I think for this draft, I'm not as mad as I used to be because I would only pay attention in the first round because of all that hype. And then the next couple of days, we had sports going on. So, you never really watch it as intensely. But this, now that Patriots get another pick, I think I'm actually happy with it. They say we're going to get, like, a guy that we would have got at 23 anyways. But I think for the quarantine draft, it's actually not bad. I'm not mad about it.
1: So, yeah, I'm, you know, we'll get into, uh, you know, who we think they might be getting. And we'll inevitably be wrong after our, our interview. But we got Ben Bowden coming onto the pod, a local guy from Lynn Mass, went to Lynn English, went to Vanderbilt, now in the Rocky system. Pretty great interview. Um, I don't
0: know. What would you think, Tom? great guy, very talkative, some some great insights, some pretty funny stories as Vanderbilt. Hopefully you guys think they're pretty funny. I mean, just overall, great guy, just normal baseball dude, just talking about how he's been switching like apartments with all this criminal stuff going on and how he actually made the 40-man roster. So that's pretty big and I know he's been dealing with injuries, he said. Had a really good year for the Hartford Yard Goats right right next to Trinity. I had like I think a one ERA. So he's looking. He could he can make the team this year and and provide out of the bullpen.
1: Yeah, great interview. Really, you know, really funny guy. Kind of uh, you know, he's got the he's got the North Shore, the the Boston area personality.
0: Um, you know, hope you guys enjoy, and uh, here we go, our interview with Ben Bowden. A few moments later. Welcome on, uh, former second round draft pick, uh, Colorado's Colorado Rockies pitcher Ben Bowden. What's going on, hey guys? Man? How you doing?
1: What have you been up to the last month or so in the in the quarantine times? Uh I've
2: been I've moved apartments. Um, I've been I've switched roommates. I've lived alone for a little bit. Um I've cooked a lot, I've learned how to cook a little bit better. And uh other than that I just started I just started working back out again. Um and yeah, it's been, it's been a little while, but trying to make the best of it, playing a lot of video games. So how, how have you been throwing during this time, or if at all? So I haven't been, I, uh, I had a little bit of a back issue during spring training. I need to get, uh, I need to get a couple uh, core zone shots, um, just to kind of reduce some of the swelling, get the muscles to calm down, because I was having a little back spasm. Uh so I haven't been throwing yet, but hopefully within the next couple of weeks or so I'll be getting back into it once everything gets strengthened up. So you were talking about cooking. I've been doing a
1: little cooking myself at home um during these times. Any uh any recipes you've been uh you've been working on that are especially nice or good or just kind of your
2: run of the mill pasta and whatnot? So uh me and my roommate Pete, um we yeah. P Lambert, shout out P Lambert. <laughs> Big here. Um, we've our favorite has been the salmon, and then would we have the jasmine rice? No, not the jasmine rice. We just had salmon, whole grain rice, some like Brussels sprouts, carrots. We like mix them all up, but we keep the salmon separate. And then we'll we'll do like these scrambles where we get like either ground beef or ground turkey, throw a bunch of veggies in there, mix it all up, and some rice. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, hey, I've been doing a lot but, of chicken chicken dishes. That's, that's all. That's about what I do. What do you think about uh, the Gronk trade uh, with
2: the Pats? All right. Um, yeah, let's get into kind of it. I'm not gonna lie, it, it hurts. I'm not happy about it. Uh, the Brady one, I could see. Like, I could, I'm not happy about it, and I'm not like go Bucks, yeah. but. Um, But I understand, like, you know, he wanted to go off on his own. I understand. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady can do whatever he wants. Gronk. I mean, dude, you retire and then you just go down to Tampa? Like, we had a shot last year if you were on the squad. And he just – he retires. He's done. He's going partying, dancing, hanging with Camille. Next thing you know, he's in Tampa. I'm I'm not happy about this one. I know we were
1: desperately looking for a little receiver help last year. But, yeah, I mean, kind of like what you were saying. Like, I mean, Brady can do it every once. Gronk can. I mean, they can do whatever
2: they want. It's just, I don't know. It just it hurts, man. Stings a little bit because it's like, yeah. do I say like, you cool. root for the Bucks? No, man. I, yeah, exactly. I was talking to my cousin. I was talking to my cousin uh, the other day, and he was like. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Bucks fan now." I was like, "Well, you're just gonna flip flop like that? Like, you like you live in Mass, and you're gonna be all of a sudden now a, a Bucks fan just because Tom left?" It's like if you were a Bulls fan when Jordan was there, you didn't just all of a sudden become a Wizards fan or all of a sudden you know. It's like it's, it doesn't it doesn't do it for me the whole follow the player thing like. Everybody loves LeBron. Depending on which team he's on, like they're a Lakers fan now. They were a Miami fan. They're cats. I hate that stuff. Like,
1: we're both uh, we're both a couple anti-LeBron guys. So we were talking about
2: that on our last pod. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I a lot of people have uh, problems with LeBron. I don't. I'm not like one of those LeBron haters. I just kind of like. I don't cheer for him. I, I'm not like uh, going. On, you know, if he was on the Celtics, I'd cheer for him. But um, no, I don't. I don't necessarily hate him. I, the the thing that gets me is, like, people people really dislike him, but the guy doesn't really do anything, like, off the field wrong. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of hard to – like, that's the thing that, that makes me mad is, like, the off the field stuff. That's what makes me, like, dislike a guy. Um, Can't really on, dislike I mean, guy. on the court, it's like, yeah, whatever. You know, he's flopping, he's doing stuff, but he doesn't do anything off the court to, to yeah. like me dislike him. Were you watching that uh the MJ Doc that came out on Sunday? I I haven't yet. I I was told I have to though. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll have to
0: watch that. Switching I gears. Recommend. I just, we'll switch gears here now. Just talking about uh high school years. When did you know like baseball was gonna be your sport?
2: Um I kinda I kinda always loved baseball more than all the other sports. I wasn't – I loved basketball. I wasn't very good at it. So that kind of crossed that out. I was more like the grinder. I just went in and, like, foul guys and stuff. Sounds like so me too. Football. Football, I loved football. But I got in. I got into it so late. Like, I, I, just, I started playing, like, legit football my freshman year of high school. So – oh, one second. You there? Yeah, yeah. we're good. Uh, I was getting a phone call. One second. Um, I don't know how to turn the phone calls off on my iPad. Um, But uh, football was kind of one of those things that I I just couldn't, like, sell out to because I I started so late. So I was just – I was like, all right, well, I love baseball. I'm good at baseball. Um, Might as well stick with it. I think that was around my sophomore years where – actually, I I had a tournament down in the middle of football season that kind of made the decision for me. So I had to go to a baseball tournament. I couldn't play football, and I was going to be, like, probably, uh, I don't know, quarterback or DN or whatever for JV, you know. So I just kind of banged it and stuck with baseball, and that's what happened. Yeah, so we're so saying – answer.
1: We're saying we're a couple uh, couple Marblehead guys over here, so we got a little experience in the NEC. What was your – kind of time there playing at Lynn English and, uh, uh, like, playing in that conference there.
2: Uh, best memory was against, uh, against the boys from Marblehead Yeah. Perfect. yeah. Uh, uh, no, but I, I, had, uh, I had a lot of good experience, like, playing against guys that you grew up playing against, um, you know, with, with Little League and stuff, bouncing around, and then, uh, you know, playing guys kind of coming up through, like, the Gallant tournament and stuff like that. And we were going on
1: tournament champs 20, uh, 2013, 2014, maybe. We beat land in, in the championship. A couple of studs over there. It was, it was yeah, like... we, ran,
2: we ran into Peabody, and it didn't work out too well. They had, <laughs> some, they had some good pitching over there. Um, but, no, it, it, was, uh, it was a great experience. You know, like, I used to get all excited, like, going on bus trips to, like, Gloss. I'd be like, dude, we're going so far away. Like, we're all <laughs> away from Gloss and stuff. And, uh and now I got lucky I get to travel around the country and do that stuff, so it's cool. But I had a, I had a great experience, and the coach Cap, who's now over at Swamscott, yeah, we um, played against him. Yeah, he, I mean, he had that team, you know, pretty much on lockdown. We all, we all stayed out of trouble and did what we had to do, and <laughs> did, uh, you know, did the best we could for him. But it, I had a really good experience.
0: Yeah, we saw in one of the articles they were like former home run derby in East Little League. I was like, oh, that's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah. I was, yeah. I hit. I hit about. I think. I think ten home runs during like the regular season when I was twelve, and then I just went off in the home run derby. And, uh,
0: <laughs> did you, you stop?
2: Know, did you stop hitting in high school? Uh, no, I stopped hitting. Um, I was basically like thinking I was gonna. Start off two way in at Vandy, but I I stepped foot on campus and I are like, dude, you're not touching a bat. <laughs> I was like, all right. okay, but yeah, that was so. Once I mean, once I stepped foot on campus, that was that was over with. I I hit all throughout high school though. I had a I had like a couple smaller, um, smaller schools that were like giving me some two way opportunities, but I was kind of a no brainer to go to Vandy. Yeah. yeah. So, how did that uh,
1: recruiting process kind of work for you? Was it kind of something that worked out over the summer, and kind
2: of like how did you how did you find your way? Out? So, it started off. Coach Cap came up to me one day, um, and I think it was in the fall. And he's like, "Hey, uh, I, I spoke with the coach from Vandy." I was like, "Where?" "Hey, <laughs> like, what school?" "He goes it was Vanderbilt." I go, "Yeah, where's that?" He goes, "It's in Nashville." Like, oh, cool. I like, had never heard of it. I was thinking, like, it was some D2, D3, right? I swear to God, I'd never heard of it. And uh, Coach Capco is like, they're in the SEC. And I was like, with like Florida and like Alabama and stuff? He's like, yeah, they're in, they're in Nashville, Tennessee. I was like, oh, really? I'll give it a look. And um, I ended up going home, looking it up. And it was kind of like the first school that was out of the, out of the New England area. So I was, I was super interested because I always wanted to go down south and I would always tell my dad, like, I'm going down south. And he'd be like, okay. And uh, and so then I, I looked it up and kind of fell in love with like everything that was going on. Like I, I watched a bunch of Coach Corbin interviews. I watched a bunch of stuff from like the players. Like they'd have fun and they had a, a bunch of different setups. Like where they did, they did one video about the uh, Omaha Challenge. They did one about like Fungo golf. So I was like, kind of sold just off the videos alone and um I guess coach Corbin saw me so he's from uh Wolfborough, New Hampshire he's up way up north but he uh he loves his northeast guys so he would always heavily recruit uh BD, Rhett Wiseman, Ravenel, Stramski, like all those guys right and um and so I was kind of like all right, I'll give you this a look. I didn't necessarily know if it was like a big shot, but I was I was gonna give it a I was gonna give it a look and then I went down to a East Cobb Georgia tournament and me and my dad drove over and I'm not kidding you, by the time I left his office, I wasn't even down the steps to get outside. I asked my dad if I could turn around and commit. He's like, No, we gotta go home and talk to your mom and I was like, Okay. Um, so then I I went, got home, I was like, Mom, I'm I'm going to school in Nashville and She's like, okay, well, we need to see. Like Vanderbilt's a good school. You have to make sure you have the grades. I was like, that's not a problem, right? Was I was stupid. Like that's no issue. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Like they'll get me if they need me, or whatever. Well, come to find out, um, my mom was very right, and I was very wrong. Um, I had basically like been told by them that I had to get my grades up and stuff, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, okay, and um, wasn't really too sold yet that I had to actually get them up. I thought that it was kind of like, you know, you come up, you're like, oh, if you're good enough, they'll get you on. Well, not a Vandy. Um, <laughs> they, I called up one day to commit. Um, and I was all excited. I told my family and everything. And I called, I called Corbs. I'm like, hey, Corbs, like, I'm, I'm going to commit. But, well, I was, it was a little more extended than that. You know, I love the school, blah, blah, blah. And I end up uh, telling him I'm gonna commit, and it was kind of like a pause on the phone. And He's like, "Well, Ben, I you know I'm really happy that you feel this way, but um, we need to check on your grades first. Like, you don't, you haven't passed through the office, administrations, or whatever." Well, in the meantime, my sister's on Facebook. My old sister, she's on Facebook, and she's Facebook, and like, Ben just committed to Vandy, blah blah blah. So I am still on the phone with Corbs. And I look and I'm getting like a call. I had a couple of guys from like the items saved and a couple of the local newspapers getting calls from them. And I'm like, there's no way, like, how do they know right now? It my house tapped. Like I had no idea what was going on because my sister didn't tell me she was going to post anything. And um, it was a kind of a long conversation with Corb. So I just kept getting calls, kept getting calls. And then I hang up the phone with Forbes, and I asked my family, like, did somebody post something? Like how did And Jackie, my sister was upstairs and she comes down. And uh, I was like, did you post something? She's like, yeah, I post on Facebook. And you committed? And I went bananas. I was freaking out. Like, I was like, I couldn't commit. My grades weren't good enough. So I had to end up writing like a Facebook post. Um, Sister misunderstood. I have not commit yet, blah, blah, blah. So that, yeah, that was interesting. But that's how that all went. And then I got my grades up and I was able to get, get locked and loaded
0: and, and get to go. How, uh, how was Corbs as a coach? Pretty strict, I would, I would assume. I honestly
2: got like, he's – I've had – I've been really lucky. I've had so many incredible coaches. Um, but he basically, like, he turned me into kind of like a man. You know, you go into school as, as, as a boy and you're just kind of like – you think you got stuff figured out and then you realize pretty quickly that you have nothing figured out when you think that you got it all figured out, you know, when you're 17 and you're like good at baseball and everybody talks about how you get to the league and stuff like that. You know, I hear that all the time in high school. Well, I was completely got a rude awakening when I went to Vandy and couldn't get anybody out, Um, was throwing slower than everybody, had no off-speed pitches and corpse kind of called me in and basically told me like, Hey dude, you're, you know, you're going to have a long road to pitch. And, um, I was shocked. I I couldn't believe it. And, uh, I got, I got close with Corpse just through, um, kind of trial and error. Like I had, there was, I was kind of chippy, you know, I growing up, you know, back home, like I, you just kind of say things that are on your mind and you don't really hold back a lot of stuff. And I would be, I'd say some things and get put back in place pretty quickly. Um, Learn, You know, I kind of had to learn a whole different feel from different guys because a lot of guys back home are very similar in the way we, like, go about things, approach things. Well, I was all of a sudden in a locker room with kids anywhere from California to Florida to Washington. Like, it was every, everybody in between. So um, you have to learn a lot of different stuff. And Corbs was – he was incredible turning me into kind of like a man from a boy. And I've, I've always said he's like another dad to me. You know, um, so I, I I was actually just texting him this morning. I was giving him crap because I saw a video uh, on, on Twitter. He was going through, like, some of the guys that he had that um, had the best personalities, and he didn't name me. And I blew him up. I, I texted him. and I was like, "Listen, I'm on the mount. I'm on like the mount. I'm the peak of Mount Everest of personality. that Vanderbilt baseballs I've seen." And he's like, "Yeah, I know. If I had time to think about it, I would have said to you. Uh, I, you know, I was just giving a crap." Yeah, where where everybody's everybody loves. I've never, I've never ever ever in my life heard a bad thing about Coach Porter. Never. I mean, he, there's some stuff where we're like, as players, he'll make us do something. We're like, "Holy, shit, this guy's a nut." You know, Gorms is in a bad mood today, you know, something like that. But I've never heard anything bad about him as a man, never.
1: So what were some of those adjustments you had to make from, you know, coming on to campus as a freshman? You said you couldn't get anyone out, not not throwing hard enough to, you know, into the second-round draft pick and kind of where you are now.
2: Um, some of the biggest adjustments I had to make, the biggest one was shut up and listen. Um, I had always kind of been a good listener, but I didn't have the shut up part down. Uh, and because of that, people were, you can't really get as much information um, that you want to take in. Like, I didn't i didn't go into it thinking that I actually knew all the answers. Like, I knew there was a lot of stuff I had to learn. There was a lot of nerves going into it. Not to mention having to balance schoolwork and everything. So all of that kind of morphed into one that kind of made me like a I guess a smarter stronger guy uh overall so obviously like the mental growth helps with pitching so that that would probably be the number one thing is uh, I I kind of took in I I learned how to be a better student um mostly in class but also on the baseball field um and then it kind of turned into, you know, you get your – basically your pitching stuff. Like, yeah, I had to develop pitches. I had to learn how to locate my pitches. I had to throw harder. I had to learn my mechanics better. I had to tighten everything up, you know, in my body. Um, no, no wasted movements, things like that. Uh, and then that all comes from Coach Brown, uh, Scott Brown, Brownie, we call him. He was, like, the wisdom in that guy about pitching is insane. Um, and he he gave us the tools. We had we got our pitching lab down down in the in the underneath uh, the football stadium, and we had all the tools in the world that we could ever want, we could ever use. And he would show us how to use them, and then he'd say, "All right, make your own routine, and I'll help you if you need." You know, and then we just kind of did our own thing and did. I did some weighted balls. I did core uh, velo belt, like a belt with straps, and you got some on it, learn how to use your hips and stuff. Um, And then I just threw, I did a lot of long toss. um, And then with that arm strength came better execution because I wasn't getting tired a lot. Um, And, you know, when you're tired, everything goes to hell and you lose, you know, command of everything. So it kind of, it kind of all plays in, you know, you get stronger mentally, you get stronger physically, then you figure out how to pitch better. It all, it all kind of gets swept under the same umbrella of things, but um, yeah, I, there's there's so much that I had to learn to be where I'm at now, and I'm still learning. Right? You hear that all the time for people, but it's like completely the truth. Um, I'm I'm learning so much every single time I step foot in that clubhouse. Um, so it never stops, but now I know how to get better just based on what the cues that I have to listen to taking bits and pieces of things that I know that might work. um, And then trying them out. And if they work for me, they work, if they don't, I kind of either flush them down the toilet and, and, and don't think about them anymore or like kind of save them in a little area where maybe if this stops working or maybe if this doesn't, you know, I don't feel smooth with this, I can try this drill again and then maybe it'll help with that, you know? There's a lot of different stuff, um, but yeah, uh, learning. Yeah, learning is what got me. Off of that, uh, you were
0: talking about you can't get anyone. Just the competition jump. Obviously, I was a pitcher, and you see, you could most pitchers throw strikes. You could just kind of get guys out pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, especially as a lefty, you're eighty, so you could just probably blow up by half the lineups. Just getting to college, like bandy inner squads. Just, like, knowing that, – how is, like, mentally challenging knowing the nine-hitter can take you deep? Just stuff like that.
2: Um, it's – it's, like, a weird feeling because you don't – you want to be confident when you're pitching. So, like, you, you're you in your brain. And what you're telling yourself is, like, this guy can't hit me. Like, you're good. Like, don't worry about it. Just blow by him, blah, blah, blah. And when all that's going on and you're thinking you got it, and then you throw your best fastball, and as hard as you can, down the zone, away. And the guy just basically makes you look like you're throwing a volleyball at about five miles an hour and crushes it back up the middle. Because sometimes the home runs, they suck, but it's the ones that come flying right back at you above your head. Right, your, right your grill. Yeah, and they're buzzing. They're, they're giving you a haircut. Those are the ones where you're like, okay, I'm not fooling this guy at all. <laughs> like, this guy is on it. And that happened a lot. Double off the wall, double off the wall, line drive up the middle, you know, two run jack. Um, and that stuff happened a lot during those inner squads. Um, and that was, that was like a, there was a time where I was kind of doubting. I was kind of like, geez, I don't know if I can really do this. Like maybe I'm, I've been fooling people the whole time. Maybe I suck. You know, like there was, it was like that, but that didn't last very long. Um, because I, I kind of got myself out of that mental spiral, but I can see how it happened so easily the guys. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the jump is obviously huge. Like, you you go from high school to college at any level, it's, it's a huge jump. Um, but I definitely had to learn quickly how to get uh, – make better pitches to get guys out, or else I wasn't going to last very long. Um, but, yeah, the, you're right. Everybody in, everybody in that lineup, they can, they can get you. Yeah,
1: you know, paying attention. So, what was the uh, the biggest difference for you? Because I know I saw you you started some games, and you pitched out of relief. What's the kind of the biggest difference from you in those two different you know situations? Is it different mentally, or you're kind of just trying to attack the same kind of way?
2: Um, you'd like to say that it's the same, but it's not. Just because that kind of that internal feeling, the adrenaline. Um, I've always pitched better when I like kind of feel like I'm pitching my back against the wall a little bit. So like with the games on the line, I've always, cause I get super jacked up. Like I'm an, uh, I'm an emotional guy when I'm on the mound and when I was starting. Um, so I started in high school, all throughout high school pretty much. And then uh, freshman year, I barely pitched. I think I threw like 12 or 13 innings. And sophomore year, I was strictly reliever, seventh inning, eighth inning, and then um, junior year is when Corbs had me start on Saturdays for the first five weeks. And it was kind of like a – I just – I didn't really want to start, per se. Um, but it was kind of like one of those things where I had to do it to kind of show that I could do it for the scouts and stuff, for the draft and whatnot. So I did it. First couple of were pretty good. And then we got into SEC, and I was getting – crack, and um, and it just wasn't working. Like, I didn't have the, the amount of pitches. I wasn't skilled enough with each pitch, and then I went back into the bullpen. I kind of walked into the office. I was like, hey, you know, can I maybe go back to the pen? Like, I want to close again, and then I started closing junior year, and um, me and Kyle Wright actually were switching off closing setup, and um, and that's where I feel most comfortable. Like, I feel – I got the adrenaline going. Um, you know, I can just kind of let it all out. I don't have to worry about going, you know, five, six, seven innings. Just let it ride for that one, maybe two. Throw as hard as you can, and then head to the showers. I, yeah. I, I mean, there's the mentally, mentally, it's like the the starter grind of you gotta, you have to put your your team in position. You have to go deep. You want to save your bullpen. Um. You know, you get all these different things that you're thinking about as a starter and as a reliever. Once that once that bullpen door opens and I come flying out, like I'm, I'm thinking about just trying to make you look as stupid as possible. And that's it. Yeah. But there's some guys like I don't. Know, I mean, Pete's a starter. I don't know. He he is he is a very intense guy when he's on the mound. Um. So he's kind of got a little bit of that like intensity uh, to him as a starter. And he's just doing dishes right now, which is a lot louder than I thought it was going to be. But but, uh, no, he's a very intense guy. But then you get guys that look like they can fall asleep on the mountain when they're starting, and even some guys when they were leaving. So it depends on the guy. um, But the biggest thing for me was I feel more comfortable when the game's online and I can basically go crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, definitely feeling that way. Like as a starter, you feel like you got to save yourself. And then yeah. you're just like, oh, how much do I save myself? Do I have too much in the tank? And then you get in trouble and you're like, oh, I got to use it now. Yeah, It's just a mental game. I, I like relieving too. Mm-hmm. How, was, how was the experience, like the College World Series experience and SEC in general, just like the intensity of those stadiums? And like what was the <laughs> hardest like stadium or like outing you had?
2: Uh, I remember this very well. Uh, It was my freshman year. It was um, at Mississippi State. And I'm not kidding you. I had a cup of water. So when you were a reliever, um, you'd start off the the game in the dugout. And then I think it was like the fifth or sixth would head down in college to the bullpen. And um, um, I had a cup of water. And they were doing this chant where there was this crazy guy in the middle. And he was right behind the plate. And half the stadium had, like, these white towels. And half the stadium had these, I think it was maroon towels. And, um, and he starts, like, he's got two towels. And he's waving them. And he's going crazy. And the whole place is going nuts. And it was a Saturday. And Jared Miller was on the mound. And uh, he's doing, like, the maroon and the white. And the whole stadium is literally shaking. Like, the cup of water is shaking. Like, you know you see, like, the Jurassic Park when the T-Rex is walking and it's <laughs> yeah. ripple in the water? Like, I'm not kidding you. I looked down because everything was shaking. Jared Miller had to step off the mound because he said he felt like the mound was shaking. It was the craziest noise I'd ever hear, I've heard in my life. Well, the night before that, um, Beattie was going on Friday, and he got a little touched up. And I had to come in, the, like, the third or the fourth. And I just remember, like, I couldn't wrap my head around how loud and how crazy the fans were. Um, and Mississippi State's got one of the best in the country, like, like out of everybody. So that was that was eye opening to me. And then, um, but the biggest one was it was in a legit. That was a blowout game, but the so there wasn't a whole lot of pressure going on. It was just kind of like, wow, I'm out here. the The pressure one was at Arkansas. Um, they had this kid, I think his name was Fisher. He was, he was like their big lefty bat and it was a three, two game. And I think the eighth, and I think there was a runner on first or second and I had to come in and face this kid. And, uh, he was like a junior or something. And I was just a little freshman. It was the first time that I was really in it, you know? Um, and I remember their fans were going bananas, and they had like these spoons because there was kids last thing, a spoon, so they'd all have like spoons, and they'd be going crazy. They were doing like their whoop uh, woo, uh woo Pig Sui chants and stuff. I remember coming into that; that was crazy. Um, and then I—I I mean, th- there was so many like I could have—I have stories for each place. Like at A and M, I came in to close at A yeah, and M. Yeah, they do the ball four chant, right? Well they have that one. Yeah. Um, but I didn't get that one. So I can't when they come when you come in the ninth and it's like a tight game or whatever, the whole stadium they do their fight song. So they and when they're doing it, they like lock arms and rock back and forth. Well I'm coming in to close and I mean the the catcher Jason Delay, he's out, he's talking to me. And I'm not paying attention to the crowd yet. Um and I get, I get on the mound, and I usually start off my head down, and then I'll, like, look up, and I'm getting ready for my warm pitches. Well, I can hear them in the background. They're doing their chant. But I didn't know that they were rocking back and forth. So when I stood and I was looking at the catcher, one row was going this way, run, like, another row was going this way, and the whole stadium all the way up was, like, rocking back and forth. They were swaying. And I could actually feel myself on the mound, like, start to sway a little bit. Like I was, I couldn't believe like the amount of people, how everybody is moving in sync. That was cool. And then the, the craziest one was LSU. They played my walkout song when I came into close at LSU and their, their fans are a little bit different. Like they're crazy. loud, Crazy loud. And uh, that was, that was one of the coolest experiences, but I, I could tell you a story for each place. Like Each place was unique. The only place I didn't get to go, was Ole Miss? And I've heard that place is nuts, but our schedule never lined up. They came to us. I don't, I've never gone there though.
1: Was the way playing home games? Um, what was your environment like? Was it just
2: you know? So start the up. start the season. It was a little slow. Um, you know, we had a core group of fans that th- it didn't matter where we were playing, what the weather was like. We had like they were there. They were at, they were always at the games. They usually hung out in right field. Um, and then we had, like, our whistlers and stuff. And um, those guys were devoted. And – and uh, – and, but – so there, we knew that we were going to get those guys. But the, the real fans were then, like, parked the, the parking garage and right field we get full. That was usually, like, big SEC weekend. Um, we had – we played LSU my freshman year at home. And it was Beatty versus Aaron Nola Friday night. Shit, standing room only. Like it was, it was insane. Um, it was a crazy game too. I think it was like two to one or three to two or something like that. We ended up losing. It was, it was nuts. Um, but that SEC gets pretty, pretty jacked up, and then obviously postseason, you can't. There's no, there's not a seat in the house. <clears throat> yeah, it's, just, it's crazy. Uh, shift in direction
0: what was your experience like uh getting drafted were you guys still playing or were you sitting there waiting for the call and you knew there was a chance like the second round so
2: it was a, it was kind of like a it was, I mean it was the craziest week of my life um it was we had I don't know if you guys know this but uh Donnie Everett we had lost him he had drowned um right before it was the practice don it was the Going into the regional practice, it was the day before regionals. Um, so, yeah, he drowned, and it was like – I mean, you lose family members and stuff like that, and, you know, older uh, – like, I've lost a couple grandparents and stuff, and it, that – I mean, it's terrible. But, like, when you lose, a, like, a buddy, like, a friend, you know what I mean, to something as freaky as, like, drowning – it was, like, crazy. So, we, we lose him, and then we go two and screw, and the, the, we're hosting a regional. So, these teams that we had already beat that season and a few others that we should – I mean, we were really, 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 really good. We should have beat them. Um, but, you know, we had other stuff on our mind. Baseball wasn't necessarily the most important. Yeah. Um, so, we had to do – we go two and screw, and uh, – and then we basically had to wait around and we went to Donnie's services and then I think the next day after the services, I flew home and that night is when I got drafted. It was like the it was the most up and down roller coaster week ever. I couldn't um I I couldn't really put into words exactly what was going on, but it ended. It ended good. Started off terrible, but ended good. Um, you know, but yeah, it was. And then, and then the roller coaster of the minor leagues and stuff began. Yeah. So, talk
1: a little bit about uh, like the minors and what's that transition like? Going, you know, playing at Vandy, playing these SEC weekends and you know, huge. And then you're, you know, going to the minors, playing professionals, and just like, how different is that?
2: So, the thing that. Um, the thing that was big for me was – so, like, you, you play in college, and even in the SEC, not everybody in that lineup is going to make it professionally. Once you get to low A or rookie ball or whatever, those guys have already made it professionally. Like, you've, you, you'll you have some guys where you're like, I don't know about that guy. I'm not sure how that guy's still kicking around. But there's, <laughs> there's most – most of those guys, I mean, it's professional baseball. So, um, you know, you – you kind of have to get adjusted to in college. It was kind of like seven, eight, nine guys weren't necessarily going to hurt you too much. Like if you leave one over the middle, yeah, you'll get whacked. But once you get to like, you know, high A, that seven, eight, nine most of the time. Um, they're going to get you if, you if you make a decent pitch. You know, double A and then obviously, I mean, triple A is a different animal. Um, you can make a really good pitch and get pop. You know, four twenty-five to left field. So it's like, uh, you, you, but you kind of take the good with the bad. You gotta you gotta learn how to get guys off balance more. Um, in pro ball, I was a very heavy, heavy, heavy fastball guy in college, especially coming out of the pen. And then once I got to pro ball, it wasn't working. I was getting cracked around. Um, kind of like I kind of had that same feeling of. My freshman year at school, where I was kind of like I I was like a little lost, you know. Um, But that ended a lot. Like it it didn't take nearly as long once I got to pro ball uh, because I had already gone through that in college. I I look at some of these guys that get drafted out of high school, and uh, like ended up working out for him. But he was drafted out of high school. He was committed to. Hey, you're you're UCLA, right? He was committed to UCLA, and uh, he ended up getting drafted second round. Uh, and I, if I was in this position with the struggle that I went through in college, like, I don't know if I would have been able to get through it if I was in pro ball, you know, I had so many resources in college that I could go to, to talk to people and and pro ball, a little bit different. Um, you know, you got your coaches and you got your teammates and then that's about it. But I don't know how these guys, these high school guys do it, but they do it sometimes. So.
0: I was playing. Uh, I know you last year. You played for the Yard goods. Uh I got to play there, in uh, 2018, when I did my post grad year. And now I'm at Trinity College, so we're right, we're right next to you guys. How how's that yeah. stadium?
2: Oh, I love that. I love that stadium. Yeah. That's, that place is awesome. Um, it was really really cool. I was, you know, I kind of felt, I kind of felt at home almost. It was like a. Just being back in the Northeast, like I felt great. Uh, I could go home if I wanted to to see my family. Um, you know, there was some some spots reminded me a lot of Lynn. And I kind of felt like back. You know, I was, I was like, I was, yeah.
1: Home.
2: You know, yeah. I was very it's comfy. Home.
1: Yeah.
2: And there's a lot of guys that are not comfy in Hartford, but I was, <laughs> I loved it, man. Like I was, you know, felt like I was home. Um. But yeah, it's uh. That stadium, that they do such a good job They're The grounds crew, everybody is, they they got a, an incredible setup. Um, yeah, it was a, that was that was my best professional baseball experience so far is, is Hartford.
0: Yeah, when I got the when I got the pitch there, remember I remember stepped on and I was like, oh my, is this all minor league stadiums? Like, what is this? And yeah. I I got the pitch that day and I just I remember as the, the clock was behind me in high school. So every pitch I was just like as fast as I possibly can.
2: Look back like, shit. <laughs> I was just like
0: yeah. Hit not, 90 yet? Ninety yet?
2: Oh, yeah. God, damn. Yeah. 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 So that sometimes that thing will be a couple clicks up too make you feel good. Oh, it was completely. Yeah. Made me feel really good.
0: Yeah.
1: So um how close are you staying in touch with uh kind of the guys you play with in college that are still um playing pro ball? Are you still close with them?
2: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've actually gotten a few texts after Gronk made his decision. Yeah, because uh, as you can imagine, there was a lot of uh, a lot of fans that were not Patriot fans that I was in the locker room with. So they love, they love seeing the
1: Patriots fall. They love just anything anti-Patriots. They love rubbing it in.
2: They love it, and it's funny because one of my best friends, he's actually from Tampa. That I went to school with, John Kilichowski. He's a Tampa boy, and he is like diehard Bucks. Die, like I'm talking diehard. As much as I'm a Pats fan, he's a Bucks fan, and uh, he's blowing me up um, about about the moves. But um, yeah, I, I keep in touch. I think the most is uh, is John. Uh, Kilchowski and Fulmer. I keep in touch with Carson Fulmer a lot, and then um, every once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll hang out with Dansby or, or Facetime Dansby. He's we usually on the same area. Facetime Dans. Um, I'll Facetime a bunch of you know Ryan Johnson. He's down in Texas. He's done playing, but there's a bunch of guys. Um, and then when I go back to Nashville, I try and see everybody. You know, there's a there's a good amount of guys that still live in work out in Nashville so that's cool when I, get to, when I get back to Nashville I can see a bunch of them uh, I think one
0: of my last questions is a local question what's your favorite uh, roast beef place in the North
2: Shore okay so I love I, are you a not a roast spots beef guy there's a few spots in Lynn, but th- there's one sneaky joint okay it's in Methuen Ooh. It's called uh, the Blue House. You go to the Blue House in Methuen, you will get a roast beef that is like this fat. Like I'm not kidding. Sauce, cheese, whatever you want. But in Lynn, uh, I mean, I, I hit up John's routinely. I hit up John's roast beef routinely in Lynn. Um, I'll go to, uh, but my my sub my sub shop's Angelina's. If you guys are in Lynn, yeah. you go to Angelina's. Yeah, that yeah. place evil eat, like, the best sub I've ever had in my life. Angelina's.
1: That's funny. What no, about, you 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 about you guys? What
2: you
1: guys go? Well, the local, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't really get out of Marblehead too much for, um, for getting the roast beef, but so in Marblehead, there's Minos and Village Roast Beef. I think the consensus is that village is better. I don't know
0: if you back me up here, Tom, but I'm definitely a village over me. I'm, I'm a village guy, but out, outside of Marblehead, mixed Roast Beef, Beverly. I yeah. go up there when I pitch, so I think, that's, I think that is the favorite place. The most overrated place is Kelly's by far. I mean,
1: Kelly's is just bad. For, roast beef. for, for other food, it's good. But, yeah, yeah. But you are
0: paying 15 bucks for a roast, it was roast beef.
1: beef. Thank you. Also, oh, yeah, yeah, you, in Peabody. Very good. Take it. Which one? We're in Peabody? So Londys and Peabody. also Athens. I'm in a yeah. you know, Facebook groups. I would recommend joining. It's hilarious. It's uh, it's called North Shore. North Shore. Yeah. yeah, they just they just review beefs all the time, and it's it's definitely that uh that North Shore kind of uh you know everyone's giving each other shit um you know like reviewing the beef and everything like that. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, funny.
2: I'll have to give that. A, I'll have to give that a look because I love. I mean, I love roast beef, and I'm out in Arizona right now, and it's. There's not a whole lot going on. They don't have the sh- they don't have the shops like we got. That back. Sauce, yeah. yeah. We don't. We, they don't have it. You know, it's, you get like a get like a standard roast beef, but like you know, like cold cuts. Or you get up to the yeah. supermarket. It's not, that, it's not the same.
1: It's funny because it's just it's such a it's. I'm pretty sure it's just North Shore, Mass, and it's just the biggest biggest thing. Like I like I go to school. Tell my friends who are like you know our South Shore guys, and they have no clue what I'm talking about. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty. They yeah.
0: Connecticut people don't even know. What? Yeah. It's like just a North Shore, Massachusetts thing. I think it was started yeah. at Kelly's and then South Shore. Their own. Yeah. The South Shore doesn't even know. I had friends from the South Shore that had no clue cool what a roast beef was.
2: No way, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Where's the cutoff? Where's the cutoff? Like, I think it's Boston? Boston. I think it's Kelly's.
0: I think Kelly's is the cutoff in Revere. Dude, what? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: join this group, North Shore Beefs. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be surprised because the only places, like the fur- I guess it like furthest up Methuen, it goes to Tewksbury. peabody has got a lot, but yeah, just just North Shore Beefs.
2: Oh man, yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm yeah. gonna have to check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah. but no, I mean, I tell you, though, you gotta get. I don't know if you guys like Italians. You gotta get Italian. Sub at Angelina's and Lynn. No doubt. Change the game forever. Like, you'd be like, damn, I got to go get an Italian right now. They put this, the best amount of oil on. I don't know what they – I mean, it's legit. That's the spot. So, yeah, give that a go. All right. That'll be my
1: first place to go when we get out of this.
2: Yeah, we get out of this. Yeah. All right, thanks. Yeah. thanks you, for guys got on, a bat, you guys got a bat up there. I talk to my parents a lot, and they're going, uh, they're going crazy. It's
1: but, not great, yeah. I mean, we um, We've been we've been in. I mean, we're supposed to stay in, indoors since May fourth. We've had it for like over a month. How long? How long is it in Arizona? Is there no quarantine, or is it you're supposed to stay inside? I mean, deal there.
2: Like, you can you can still. I would say that life is pretty, um, pretty fairly normal still. Um, lot, of, definitely a lot of less people on the road. People wearing masks. People wearing gloves. Uh, a lot of places are closed down restaurants and stuff um and you can't sit down anywhere you gotta if you're gonna go anywhere you gotta get takeout or or you know walmart's or whatever they were still open um but yeah i mean it's definitely different but it's not as bad as back home like i talked to my parents and my dad's got my dad's got my house like fort knox bro nothing comes in nothing comes out but that place is locked down
1: i haven't i haven't left the house and i mean i go out maybe for like two Take a walk or drive around, but I haven't, I know, we haven't seen each other since we've been home. Um, you know, just been yeah, sitting with him.
0: What our, our season got canceled like March 15th, right? I think it's when we yeah. cut it. No. Yeah, that's when we cut it. I was home, that was it. Jeez, man. So, thank you. Thank you for coming on, though. This is great talk. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much.
2: Absolutely, guys. I enjoyed it, and uh, hit me up anytime. Andrew, good. Thank sure. you. All right. I'll talk to you guys. A few moments later.
1: All right. And we're back here after you know, a great interview with Ben, as we said. Uh, you know, pretty funny guy, North Shore guy, uh, local guy. So that was awesome. Was pretty
0: fun getting into the roast beef talk with him, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was surprised that he didn't realize that the roast beef, like the North Shore beef, is actually only in the North Shore. And I think pretty sure we talked about that Kelly's is basically the cutoff from there and people from the South shore like don't even know what that is. And I thought that was, he like didn't, he didn't, didn't think, get that at all.
1: Yeah. We'll be getting into a little more Kelly's talk and some of our later interviews, but uh, going on now talking a little NFL draft. We got um, for us recording now, we got day two uh, coming up later. We just saw the first round Patriots trade. out of the first round uh, trade with the chargers 23rd pick gone. We got, 37 and 72, I think. So that should be exciting today. What do you think? Uh, where do you think that might go with that, Tom?
0: They could go a couple different ways. Guys on the board did that, that supposedly they said they had a chance uh, that the, the, the Patriots would have picked him at 23. The guy at the end uh, out of Iowa, I know we've been linked to him a lot. You got Zach Bond, the linebacker, we've been linked to him there's a couple of different directions we can go. I, I think it's was a Marquise Lee signing that keeps us from taking a wide receiver early in second round. I mean, if T Higgins is there though, I, I don't know how you, you pass up on him. That's my, that's my thing. Um, but, but you got the Penn state uh, gross Mattos guy, Josh Jones. And then my, one of my, probably my favorite guy here is uh, Xavier McKinney from Alabama. He was projected like 17. So that could be a really good fit for us, even though it's not a need. I think it's a great player.
1: Yeah, what I've been seeing is so. I mean, obviously we got Chung, we got McCordy back there, who are going to be starting most of the time. But Harmon's gone. Yeah, yeah, Harmon's gone. So we're going to need a a guy to fill that role. But we do have aging safeties. You know, you always like to have a guy back there who you can trust. So going with McKinney might not be a, you know, where it might not be. Like the need that they need right now, it's a good long-term play. Get them to learn under McCourty and Chung. You know, he seems like a Patriot guy from Alabama. You know, the Belichick-Saban connection. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see them go there. But I'm not too sure who will be available. Um, yeah, I don't know. pick at 37,
0: so that'll nice be at five picks. Yeah, that'll be interesting not. to see. I mean, definitely for me, they're in a weird spot here because the needs we have. I mean, we could chirp sure up the O-line. There's no one that's going to, like, plug and play right away. The Matos guy is like, – Matos and uh, a, uh, a Pezenza, I don't know. I can't say his name. The Iowa yeah. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're both I – mean, you, know, you can always need pass rushers, but we're decent on the D-line and D-tackle position. And I think we need a lot of linebacker help. And Vaughn on some boards is, like, ranked very low, very high. So he's an interesting guy that would fill a need there. And McKinney in today's offense could play a linebacker, outside linebacker role for us there. Um, besides that, we'll probably get into more Patriots talk when they actually get their guys because we're just speculating. They might draft a freaking Rutgers cornerback. We don't know. Hey, guys, I mean, what do you think about some of the questionable moves? I got you know Jordan Love getting traded up. You got the Damon Arnett cornerback taken that was not projected even close to that. Jalen Ragar, a couple of those. Like, what, what are your opinions on that?
1: The, the Jordan Love pick is obviously interesting. It's – so they have Rodgers there. You know, speculation is he's not going to be too happy about that, obviously, bringing another quarterback. So it's kind of like, what are they thinking moving forward here? How long – because, I mean, obviously Jordan Love isn't going to be starting this year, or at least you think he's not going to be starting this year. Uh, with Rodgers there, but it's kind of what's their thought process of how long do they think Rodgers is going to be still their guy. With them picking in the first round a quarterback, it kind of makes me think he's on some borrowed time there. You know, maybe I would guess maybe Two, three years? I Green, think Green Bay would be my guess, but that's kind of the most interesting storyline because, I mean, they traded up too. It's not like he, he fell to them.
0: They wanted him. Yeah. They traded – They, were, they, they like, attacked him and saw him. But my thing is, is it a Favre? I know, how, how many, Rogers, Rogers had like four years behind Favre, something like that? Yeah, he was yeah. drafted in the 05. I don't think he started. Rogers to- is a different position, though. Rogers was a quarterback that was projected like top five, almost one overall, and they fell in the lap. So it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And Ro- Favre didn't love Rogers in the beginning. Their relationship got better. I'm not a big Rogers personality guy. It's, his family situation weird. You know, I think. He's kind of like a brat in some cases, and I and rightfully so. He hasn't got a weapons, but when everyone's talking, like they haven't drafted anything for him. When he came in, he had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. I don't know whose tight end was. And He had uh, Jermichael Finley, a good tight end, and then he had Devonta Adams. So I don't think he's, he's had weapons this whole time there. Running back position, he got Jones now. So I'm not a big Rodgers guy in general. I think he's very talented and – and Love is a guy that has the arm strength and that can make those throws that we see Pat Mahomes make nowadays. And maybe Lafleur just doesn't love Rodgers, and he can hope that he'll that Love will be groomed for maybe a year, maybe two years, and then it will help Lafleur just go on and they'll just kind of bag Rodgers at that point.
1: Yeah, you know, obviously quarterbacks are always going to be the top the topic of conversation, especially when you know you got four taken in the first round. What do you think about? 'Cause I know you wrote about the Chargers earlier this week and you know how they could go moving forward. We see Burrow taken one by the Bengals, two at five. And then we see yeah. taken at number six. Uh, you know, maybe a surprise to some, maybe not to others. You know, what do you think about them taking Herbert there? Do you think it was you know, the right call? I mean
0: somewhere else. I I just said in the article, they had other needs and they traded back up with the Pats and they got a guy who I liked with Murray. So that that does fill the linebacker need that I said they needed. But my thing was okay. If if Simmons is gone and you like your own line, that's one thing. But Simmons is a game changer and adds. It's the most versatile. Like he, I think, is the most versatile player in this draft. And with German James back health, healthy, you have two hybrid guys that are just gonna roam the field. And I think that is a is a with Bosa. You have Bosa and Ingram rushing off the edge. That's like a disaster for a team and Herbert's not a win now quarterback and I think Tyrod, as I said, like he 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 can main the ship and he's not gonna do anything horrible. And if you have a defense, say if say they even traded back up. You're so you're getting Murray and Simmons and you're filling two big needs and you got two young linebackers for years to come. And that could be a crew to reckon with. Uh, I'm not a big Herbert guy. Man, and he looked sure. he he pretty huge when I'm not when he got drafted, I was like, like Oh, this it's a big dude. They had a weirdish really uh, cuterie spread too, the Herbert's. You see that? Yeah, the cuterie spread was pretty, yeah. pretty elect. Didn't look really like it was eaten though. I think
1: that was all. No, it out. didn't. I don't know. Maybe a little pre-draft nerves probably got into it after.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could work out. I'm I'm not a scout. I don't really love much quarterbacks. I think Burrow. I'm not a big two-a guy just from injuries. What about a? Uh, we don't really know about him. But what do you think the Raiders just doing, of course, what no one expected? They're drafting rugs over – rugs could have been the second, maybe third best if someone likes Devontae Smith on his roster and getting probably the third or fourth best wide receiver. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I mean,
0: you never really know until it's
1: after the draft. So, well, you know, I don't like to – I don't like to pick him. He's a, he's a first-round talent and, you know, he's your guy – then go for it. He's your guy. I mean, I thought I thought he was the third best receiver. I thought CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy were probably both of them. But I mean, I mean, he tested crazy at the combine. He had what was it, four two seven or something? So that's I mean, the Raiders. Yeah. that's the Raiders. Yeah, speed. It makes speed sense hills. why why John Gruden would go after him. I saw something today. He was obsessed with Chris Johnson uh, when he was when he was with Tampa back in the day. I mean, he loves fast guys. He likes guys who test well. So I mean, it's not doesn't really come as a shock. Uh, I you know, who knows? He could he could light the world on fire and be No, you know, and
0: I, I think he's a really good player. I think this has the Tyree Kill effect. Yeah. They see a guy like Tyree Kill it's creating Mayhem and yeah, was maybe the Holmes effect with Jordan Love and then the Tyree Kill effect. Yeah. So I just think in past, like almost like the MJ Duck going back to no one thought uh, a guy that size can run the run the MBA. And here you see the big bodies were all the talk of wide receivers probably yeah. ten years ago and now they're using the rugs will be used out of the backfield, I'm assuming. And he's like that versatile guy where Judy's a route runner and CeeDee Lamb is like a possession guy. So maybe Gruden just needs that extra, like, weird offense. I don't know. Marcus Mariota, you got yeah. some wildcat stuff, some different So he might be doing up there. I really just don't, I don't understand the second pick. That's just, that's like the Clinton Farrell thing that we talked about. Yeah, they reached yeah, reach for him there. Because you have the, the Rated – cornerbacks rated above him were the – Winfield, even though he's a safety, it's like he was arguably a corner too. You still got um, – at that point – well, at this point, you still had um, the Auburn guy and then Trayvon Diggs, who's still who's still available now. Fulton's still available. I mean, I don't know anything. So – but I, that was weird. As an Ohio State fan too, not knowing a name, which I'm, I'm a diehard Ohio State fan, not knowing the name. Of the guy, and usually the number one corner covers the best guy. So Okuda is on the best guy. So yeah. this guy might have good stats, but who is he going against?
1: Yeah, who are you thinking for? You know, either winners or losers from night one. You know, I got a couple, got a couple teams in mind. I think it did a pretty good job. I don't think there was too many overall, too many losers. I guess. I mean, you could yeah. pick there, but I think yeah. most part of all the teams
0: did well. Any any team in particular stick out to you? I think the Dolphins, if Tua pans out, one, they get a guy that fell in their lap that has, like, he was the first overall potential, just hurt, and hopefully he gets better. But Austin Jackson is is a project, they said, so that's good. I, I really like the corner they got. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name. Yeah. But another another team that won is just the Cardinals getting Isaiah Simmons, so I think probably the second, maybe first best player in the entire draft at eight. Besides that, I just didn't see – C.D. Lamott, the Cowboys, of course. Yeah. Jerry Jones probably loves that. Besides pick, that, yeah. I, the Gar pick was questionable, but I didn't see anything that was like, wow, besides yeah. that our net pick. There wasn't like, oh, my God, this team is screwed. I liked what uh, what San Francisco did today. I mean, they – I think they could be – yeah, I forgot, yeah. They're, they're I mean, doing really well. I mean,
1: John Lynch, I think is a really good – he's through – However many years he's been there, I maybe mean, five now. He's really, you know, built a good roster and built a good team. They also got Kyle Shanahan there. I mean, they moved back one spot for Tampa. They got a third-round a- pick, right? Yeah, I th- I, it was a third or fourth, but like they pick up an extra pick. They didn't have a lot of, a lot of depth in the draft this year, so that's big. I mean, I don't really understand the move from Tampa there, unless they, you know, they really liked who uh, was
0: Wharfs and. Oh uh, no! So what I. What they were talking about this morning was the phone was like ringing off the hook. And it was like th- th- that, because the tackle was there and people knew the Bucks won them at 15. So the 49ers uh, were getting calls. At the, I was so confused, but the 49ers okay. were getting calls. That makes sense. And we want this guy. And, or they want the 49ers the getting calls and we want this pick. And worse, on some boards, on mine, I had him as the second best all lineman, but on some boards, he was like the number one. Yeah. Tackle. So there, I get, they oh, that's yeah. a great. I mean, great pick for the Bucks because if I'm the Bucks, I'm going all in yep. the next two years. You got to sell everything. Don't even have a pick the next two years. Get as much as you can out of it. But the 49ers, they get pick up another third round pick, and they they were iffy. They didn't have a second, third, and fourth, so they get an extra pick there. I I like IU, but yeah. uh, and they get they get rid of DeForest Buckner, yeah, and they don't have to pay him, and they get mm-hmm. Kinlaw, who some who some think he's like a game right, so. John Lynch, people hated him at the beginning, but I think he's proven that he's a very good GM.
1: Yeah, all in all pretty, I mean, a lot of, I guess. Most, boring? Yeah, I mean. Uneventful. Yeah, I mean, weren't too many, like, big, I mean, I was hoping we'd get maybe the, the, the Lions to trade the third pick to spice things up. Uh, like there was,
0: someone, someone trade like three first round draft picks just to get their future. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of
1: talk of maybe Tua falling. He didn't. You know, when is Herbert going to go? Yeah, the the Patriots trading up for Tua talk that was shut yeah. down. I mean, a yeah, couple. I, I, I don't know. Like we were saying, I like what the Pats did. Um, but okay. f- back fourteen spots. They were saying, and we were talking about this earlier. What uh, you know, we saw Schefter and Mike Reese saying, the guy that they probably were going to get it 23. They thought was going to be available at 37. So that's going to be interesting today to see, you know, who that guy is exactly
0: who it is. If, if, if they know he's not going to be there, that means he might be not a guy we expect. That's yeah. what it kind of sounds like. And, and I, I really hope it's not Cole Komet. I, I really hope it's not him. So that's the interesting thing, because obviously
1: tight end is a need for the team. It's not a great tight end draft. So it's going to be- oh. Interesting to see where they go there. I so, like, I don't think the it's not a bit, it's not a great tight end draft, but I also don't think that the top and the bottom is necessarily that big of a difference. So I don't think there's
0: a need to reach with the tight end. On I, pick. I don't know my stuff great. Yeah, but if we could get a tight end in the third or fourth round, and I don't know if Cole Komet's like that big of a yeah. game changer. It's not like a Gronk or an Aaron Hernandez where Gronk and Aaron Hernandez both had red flags. The yeah. injuries and the off the field yeah. stuff, both dynamic playmakers yeah. went on the field. Yeah. And Cole Komet's just like that guy who's just like average at everything, not gonna do anything yeah. wrong, which which when Al and i started that I thinking, that's such a Patriots like But Bill yeah. does like to make make risks in the draft when he has stuff there. So I don't that's know. What,
1: it's what makes what? me think we're not gonna go the McKinney route even if he's available because of what we've what been seeing from the media that uh, whoever they were going to get at 23. If Bill, if
0: Bill loved him, we would have taken him at 23. We would have taken him
1: at 23.
0: And that's why I think the Higgins route too. I think if Bill loves Higgins, you'd take him at 23. Yeah. The, the,
1: I was a little surprised they didn't, they didn't grab Kenneth Murray at 23. It kind of seemed like it fit
0: in the media. They said he wasn't a great, like, tackler, and I think – Maybe that's Bill. Bill likes Mark. I mean, he's a great story, Kenneth Murray, yeah. like growing up. That was pretty cool. The, I think the last thing I want to say is the Chiefs getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I know yeah. one of our friends projected that. I, I thought they could go running back. and that was a good fit. I had O oh, tackle there just because save your future. You know, Mahomes is like your future. But you, so you get – and they didn't trade back. So you get – in the first round, you get an extra year on your mm-hmm. contract as a team decision. So as a running back, it's huge. Yeah. Because the, the, you don't want to go into uh, negotiations with them because then they get big money. And Burrow said he's the best player he's ever played with. And that's saying a lot. And a lot. now you have Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman. And then, oh crap, you have basically a salt receiver out of the backfield right there that a linebacker is now going to have to cover. I don't know what the, anyone's going to do there.
1: Yeah, so definitely, you know, uh, Good to get a little bit of sports back. Good first first night of the draft. Thought they did pretty good. Uh, you know the coverage virtual, but overall, uh, you know, pretty nice. Uh, should be a good round two rounds two and three today. Then we got I'm excited six and seven coming up next. Um, you know we'll have some stuff to talk about after that. See how the Patriots did and see where everything else shakes out. Other than that, uh, I think we'll sign off here. Great interview from Ben Bowden. Thanks thanks a lot to him. And uh, see you guys. Yeah.
2: To be free
0: I just wanted you to